Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll get football picks from Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey, and we'll see what Booger McFarland thinks of the four teams in the college football playoffs. But first, he sighs. Commerce. <laughs> Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. The person they should blame is the defensive coordinator at Auburn to be so <laughs> stupid to on the last play of the game not try and get the quarterback. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. I mean, first of all, Auburn had to fumble a punt to give them the chance to have that possession to throw a fourth and 31 with two people rushing the passer, one person just standing around eating popcorn in the middle of the field, and then eight people <laughs> failing to cover the end yeah. zone. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with you. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. From Brian in Montgomery, Alabama. Every time I hear that Pat Forty is on my favorite podcast, I get nervous. What new way will Pat find to take a shot at my alma mater, Auburn University? On Monday's show, I felt relatively safe. With Auburn going 6-6, six and six, there's no need for Pat to set his sights on the hapless Tigers. Plus, we aren't deep enough in the basketball season for his Auburn and Bruce Pearl were made for each other take. <laughs> Yet in the discussion about the college football playoff, you threw the sporting clay high in the air. If anyone is to blame, you said, it's the Auburn defensive coordinator. Not content to simply knock the sporting clay out of the air with a single shot, Pat emptied both barrels, reminding us all of the muff punt <laughs> that led to Alabama's last possession. In the words of the guy at the bar and the Americans, what a shot. <laughs> is this some sort of contractual obligation? Is dunking on Auburn to Pat Forty as FanDuel is to Chuck Todd and Reginald? Thanks for the years of laughter and thoughtfulness, even the shots at my beloved university. Thank you to Brian Miller for that. Um, Chris, so Liz is with us today, and we haven't seen you in a while. Hello, You've been friends. to Portugal. I have. So you took I've the been whole across family. The ocean. You took the whole family. Nope. I left two of them home. Okay. There you I, go. Just me and my older son. Okay. Um, we went. We left the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It was a really not an ideal situation. The flight was supposed to leave at ten thirty p.m., which is already too late for me. It left at twelve twenty a.m. Got there, you know, noon on Monday, and stayed until Sunday night. The right before back to school. What, it was lovely. Where did you go in Portugal? So we landed in Lisbon, I think, as everyone does. And we stayed at this place called this town called Caparicha, which is right on the water. Uh, it, it is. I had never been there. Um, I'd been to other places in Europe and never been there. This was a trip that was for soccer. My older son's soccer team went. Um, it was a couple things. Really beautiful. It's a city on the hill. It's seven hills. Uh, it's gorgeous. Um, paint that they, you can't change the, you can't knock a building down in Lisbon. You can't put up a new building. You can only change the facade. Obviously you can change the inside, but you yeah. can only change the facade. So the one thing that you can change is you can tile buildings and you can color them. So it's beautifully Mediterranean like in that, you know, you've got yellow buildings and pink buildings. So that's gorgeous. And the other thing I was saying to Michael before we went on air is it's really, really cheap. 
like stunningly so. Um, the, the euro and, and the dollar are roughly equivalent now. The euro is slightly more. Um, but, you know, dinner, a nice dinner was 40 euro, you know, so 45, $45. Uh, for a European capital, it was really cheap. People were lovely. It was great. Can you, could you even imagine when you were 25 years old that it would be commonplace for children of the next generation to go to Europe to play soccer? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The AAU stuff is unbelievable. It's, it is remarkable. And I will tell you, so my son is a... Wilbon's kid been to Europe to play basketball. My son is a 2009. So he's he, he, he will graduate. I think he's a 2027. He will graduate high school. He's a ninth grader. There were kids on that trip also playing who were like 2012 and 2013. So they were 10 and 11. And I was thinking, it's unimaginable to me. Uh-huh, it's, it's and I'm, I mean, I'm 47, but I'm not, you know, not 70. Uh, uh, you know, 70 yeah, in the rearview mirror. Foot in the grave. Uh, yeah, it's making me feel like I'm a little bit behind with the with the bootster. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, is, it, it is remarkable the extent to which um, I was reminded that, that my, so my younger son plays uh, AAU basketball. I was reminded of this. We played a team um, called Team Takeover, which is affiliated loosely with Kevin Durant, Dennis Schroeder, who's on the Raptors now, also like helps fund it. So my son's team is a travel team, and he's fine. I mean, he's a totally fine. So he's a good athlete, serviceable basketball player. We walked on the court to play this team. We're playing them at Episcopal High School in Alexandria. We walk on the court. They, these are sixth graders. They have three boys who are as tall or taller than me. I'm like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, but they weren't just like tall oafs. They were incredible at basketball. And they beat us in two running 16-minute halves. They beat us 77 to 26. Wow. And I went and looked afterward because I was like, surely this has to be like one of the best teams in the area, like in the country. And I looked up afterward and team takeovers, like older boys, their oldest team, the seniors in high school are two UConn commits, uh, uh, no, two Duke commits, a UConn commit. I mean, it was, yeah. I, it is remarkable how early yeah. and how good kids are at sports now. It's so, I, I, let astounding. Me, let me go back to Portugal because I've been to Portugal in my life and I have great fond memories of going to Portugal. Yes, it was inexpensive. Yep. Um, and the citizenry there was not large. They were sort of smallish people. Mm-hmm. I felt that's one of the things that I remember. And most of all, what I remember, besides olives, because you have olives Cod everywhere. Cod and olives everywhere. Is mm. how much they liked Americans. Love. Yeah. It, it, it was a, a very... I have only fond memories of being in Portugal. And I was in a place in southern Portugal called the Algarve. Yes. And this was right before the 19, whatever, 92 Olympics in Barcelona, mm-hmm. something like that. And spent a week there. Loved so, it. So one of the things I asked this guy who runs these tours for kids, I said, how do you pick? He lives in Holland. I said, how do you pick what countries you go to, right? Like, because presumably you can go almost anywhere in Europe and, and do this. He said, you know, part of it's like the contacts that I have in these places. He said, the other part is how friendly or not are they to Americans? And he said, to your point, he said, you know, Portugal and Lisbon in particular, nice. they, and people were lovely. I mean, I hate to be the ugly American just assuming everyone speaks English, but I do not, in fact, speak Portuguese. Portuguese is very hard because I spoke enough Spanish to get by in Spain and I had no chance in Portugal. No. And you assume that they're similar and they're not. Fun fact, not. Portuguese is the fifth most spoken language in the world, which I, I learned from our tour guide, which I did not really? know. Because of Brazil. Because Brazil. 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 Yes, yeah. Brazil. Um, people were lovely. Everyone spoke English. Uh, it was, I mean, I can't recommend it more highly. The only thing that is tough is the flight there was about seven hours. I slept most of it because it was overnight. The flight back was eight hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not close. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're the kind of person who gets antsy after an hour in a plane, yeah. I was in a window seat in economy for eight hours and 10 minutes trapped by two 14-year-old boys <laughs> sitting in the uh, middle and aisle. But, you know, other than that... I can't recommend it any yeah, more good. highly. It was lovely. You you enjoyed your time very much. Yeah, I mean, it's, very much. Very people much. are great. Oh, and great. I learned how cork was made. There's a big very cork into cork. Country. Yes, yeah, and cork, you got that bowl. And, uh, yeah, cork and olives. Yeah, and I just you know had a wonderful. Oh, it's time. a great Lisbon is great. Sintra, which is 
30 minutes north is wonderful. I didn't get to Porto, which I wanted to get to. We went to a Benfica. Benfica is one of the big uh, soccer clubs in Lisbon. We went to a Benfica game. It was amazing. I mean, like crazy. It was just a regular, it was like a Wednesday night, but 58,000 people, light show, you know, people Anybody there. know who you were? No. Okay. I mean, I asked a number of people if they knew who I was, <laughs> but I got a lot of blank stares. Okay, that's good. Now, when you travel, are you a minute-by-minute, minute, you know, over-schedule, or are you just like to see where the day takes you? So, because obviously you had you had the soccer for normally this. Normally, I'm over-scheduled. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to this, and then we're going to this. But because it was like a 25-person trip, I was sort of passive. You know, I was just sort of like there, and they were like, okay, now's the time to get on the bus, and we're going to go to this town. Like, I didn't have a car or anything like that. So I, I was very, very cool, which I normally am. You know, that's what people know me for. Very chill, very relaxed, not at all nervous. So there was no like, all right, kids, here's like 20 bucks. I'll see you tonight. There was a little bit of that because I wanted, I mean, part of the trip was like so that they could be a little independent. Oh, sure. So there was some of that. Like, I definitely handed my credit card to my son and he kind of walked around the town. It's the other thing that I, I have mean, you seen that statement yet? Yeah, I've not seen it. <laughs> the other thing about Portugal that I, at least Lisbon, that I thought was really nice in Caparicha where we stayed is it it's really safe. Like I was never, I was never in a situation where I was like, we got to get out of here. Even though we were with, you know, like a bunch of kids. Um, it was lovely. Like, I, he, so yeah, you know, I mean, I, I did sleep until noon, two days. Nice. So he was off doing practice and, you know, he had all this other stuff. He did, And as anyone who's had a 14 year old, boy at least knows they have zero interest in hanging out with you you couldn't they could i mean they would literally rather stare at a wall but and they also have no interest in the cultural aspects of cities so michael asked like how much culture did we take in yeah. you know and like i we they went on play soccer? we parents went on a walking tour and i saw where the the square where it had gone it was it's called the um carnation revolution because the the uh, people had, had to do carnations in their not milk okay. the flour carnations in their guns <laughs> when they sort of stormed the capital and it went from a dictatorship to a democracy I think it was in the 70s so you know as we toured around I learned that stuff and I tried to sort of tell my son about mm -hmm. it he but says, you know yeah, tell it walking dad exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's looking at he's yeah. watching like Instagram reels no, of just, Messi yeah. playing soccer yeah. you know it's <laughs> not yeah um, I went in and did PTI yesterday I just thought I'd drop that out there. You went in. Yeah, yes. Went in. How tired were you last night? I was pretty tired last night. They did a um, great job with the slow reveal on Instagram. I did. Showing, a, your, showing your seat throughout the day. Um, I did a... Uh, Is that the first time, Tone? First time back? Yeah. Since what? March 10th? Whatever it was in 2020. I went in. I was excited to go in. I'm excited to see if in three days I get COVID. Um, because that's my great fear. Uh, it was fun to do. It was fun to do. I, I have to say it was fun to do for those people. And I had a lot of people who know me and have my phone number. I don't, I don't look at social media ever, so I don't know what people are saying. And it's okay. Whatever you say, you say. I, it's fine. But friends of mine or people that I would consider at least acquaintances and into friends were basically unanimously happy that it happened. And I tried to answer each one of those things to stress that I will do this occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. We're not starting a new habit okay, here. Okay, we're not. It's not weekly. It's not twice weekly. It's not thrice weekly. No, it's not that. First of all, Mike has to be there. Yes. Second of all, I got to want to do it. And I'm not going to do it every day. And if somebody thinks I'm going to do it every day, even in a position are you, of are leadership, you, are you I'm familiar no. with the book If You Give a Mouse a Cookie? No. Well, okay, yes. well, let's just say there's, someone's going to be asking for more and more and more. I understand that. Y yes, I'm familiar with the phrase, give them an inch and they'll take a mile. I understand that's going to happen. So I'm saying right now, I'm stressing <laughs> occasionally, not regularly. Yes. One in an occasional a series. And occasionally, I will go in there. If that's not good enough, well, you know, then we know, we know where the doors are. Right. No, we know where the doors are. But it was, um, it was great fun. Uh, glad I did it. I was sort of surprised at the reaction, you know, because it was... Conquering hero? Well, no, no, not there. I mean, people were not, but I know all Whispering. these people. No, I, I mean... Who's this guy? He's yeah. back. He's back. Yeah, who is he? No eye contact. Um, 
And I will say this, that everybody near me wore a mask, and I am very grateful for that. I'm very grateful that they did that. I don't know that they do that every day. Maybe they do, but they did it, and I was very grateful for that, and I was... I did not go to my office. I did not go upstairs. I went in, I went downstairs, straight to the studio, straight to makeup, sat in the chair. You belong downstairs. Sat in the chair. You know, It's I, no I, longer your office anymore. Anyway. Yeah, that's not... I'm, you know. Ride home in attendance? No, he was in New York. In New Kelleher York. was there. Who? Um... <laughs> uh, so I mean and I was you know I had a very good time so let me say this again this will perhaps occasionally happen uh, we will take a break Chuck Todd will join us with some picks. I'm Tony Kornheiser selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system wherever and whatever you're selling Shopify has got you covered Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the connection between you and your therapist matters that's why alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to not just anyone when you browse their online directory you can filter your search by what you want to focus on like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. New York is getting me high. This is a song called New York High. This is sung by Donnie Most. Yes, that Donnie Most. Let me read the letter from Ben Carton in Baltimore. Glad to reach out to more than the mailbag and send you my cousin's songs for the pod. Yeah, my cousin. My dad's first and my second is Donnie Most, Ralph Mouth from Happy Days. <laughs> Since Happy Days, Donnie has been continuously acting both in TV and movies. He's also been recording and performing music for the past six years. He has two releases, and I'm hoping you'll play a song from each. The first, linked below on YouTube and Spotify, is called New York High, from his most recent album, released this year with the same title. This is Donnie Most. Ralph Mouth. Ralph Mouth. What did, Chuck Todd is on this. What do you think that Donnie Most... His songs are on this podcast. You didn't know he had songs. I didn't. Did you? I, 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 did, I didn't either. I, I have to tell you, this links right back to my childhood. I think the great, you know, as you know, in this business, you get to meet famous people. And you're sort of numb to it after a while. Yeah. But there was one person I wasn't numb to at all. Henry Winkler. Okay, sure. <laughs> the the first, uh, first Halloween costume that I wanted to wear. Right, not what my parents wanted to dress me up in, right? But what I wanted to be was the Fonz. Yeah. I was obsessed with the Fonz. And I, I'm doing today's show. He's on there. I think this was after Mrs. C died. You know, today's show would bring yeah. on, yeah. Well, brings on any living cast member when one of them dies, right? Yeah. But I think it was when Mrs. Cunningham died. And he goes, Marion Ross. Oh, Marion Ross. Marion yes. Ross. Yes. Yeah. And, and he sat there and complimented me, and I was just, like, beyond speech. It was, like, one of the few moments where I just, so, happy days. It's a nice childhood memory. So, so I'm a huge, huge I was political always, I like junkie. Ralph Mouth a lot better than Potsy. 
Um, Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a Ralph Mouth guy, not Potsy. Sure. I've yeah. never met Henry Winkler, but I have been told by a lot of people that he's a really nice person. Lovely. Oh, my God. Really nice. Unbelievable. You're like, you're not supposed to be this nice. Yeah. It's like Mark so, Hamill. Same thing. You're like, they're like really decent dudes. That's nice. They've, they've been through the weirdest thing in Hollywood, right? When you're sort of typecast for decades. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People keep coming up to you. They could easily say... Hey, stop, stop Fonz and me. Fonz you, right? You right. Know, or, <laughs> right. Or Luke Skywalker. And neither one of them do it, right? They just sort of, they've, they own it. They embrace it. And oh, by the way, Henry Winkler's a hell of an actor. Yeah. I love and the he's notion. he's amazing in everything. I yeah. want to start saying to people, Fonz you. I, I like that. <laughs> Fonz you. Uh, oh, oh, that might. Oh, this okay, week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You had a losing week. You were 3-4 and four last week, but it's not a bad losing week. You're still 51-38-2. It's the best record of any of the people and or monkeys that bet with us. Although Reginald's. Gone two and one, three weeks in a row now. He's, he's making a little bit of a charge. He's making a comeback. There are games here. These games are very, very hard to bet. They're very hard to bet. We're going to start with Indianapolis at Cincinnati. Indianapolis is a favorite on the road, but it's only one point. Cincinnati got a great game out of Jake Browning, who I had never heard of until he was on television. Indianapolis is also using a substitute quarterback. Anthony Richardson went out five or six weeks ago. And Gardner Minshew has won a bunch of games. So it, it, it's not like you're getting Joe Burrow here. It's at Cincinnati, and they just won. And I will say that was a surprise, yeah. that they beat Jacksonville at Jacksonville. If you like Indianapolis, though, on the road, you have to give one. Gardner Minshew, you know, so the, the, the Colts are 7-5. and five. He's 7-3. and three. Yeah, he's just been Like great. Richardson lost two of those games. Yeah. So. Uh, on, on that. He's 7-3 and three in games he started. Um, I have to tell you, it's pretty obvious these are two really good coaches. Yeah. Right? When you lose your quarterback and you can be uh, playoff contending. I mean, those Bengals on Monday night, you're like, oh, I guess we shouldn't write them off just yet. You know? That's a, that's a, good, that's a sign of a good coach. He, he designed a really good game plan uh, around him. I... I uh, I'm going to I'm going to I keep trying to fade the Colts. I keep thinking that this gig is up, so I'm going to keep doing it and I'll go with the Bengals here, but it's you're right, that's not an easy game. Okay. The Los Angeles Rams are at Baltimore. Baltimore really should win that game. Baltimore, <coughs> excuse me, is in a position to be the number 1 seed in the AFC at this point. The Rams going across the country, they're not a really good team. They're getting 7. Are you interested in the 7 or do you think Baltimore is significantly better? Baltimore's significantly better when they want to be. Yeah. Right? Like, you right. know, you're like, all right, do they, do they feel like it this week? Is this the week they want to send a message? I, I, the Rams still seem fragile to me, um, and yet they're, you know, they're, they're plodding along too. I, I, I don't believe they can win this game, so I'm not going to take them. So give me the give me the Ravens. They they I could see them covering uh, the Rams covering this, but yeah, me I too. just can't picture them winning, and I just don't. I feel like you shouldn't take an underdog if you don't if you don't think they can win, and I, I just don't buy that. So give me the Ravens. Jacksonville is at Cleveland. This line has gone from one and a half, Jacksonville plus one and a half to three, because obviously nobody thinks at this point in the week that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to play. Cleveland also does not have its starting quarterback. These are two more teams without starting quarterbacks. Jacksonville. How many and are there, Tony? I assume you've been. Track on this. Is it half the league? It's eight. That, uh, it's eight. Has a different quarterback. It's eight at the, the moment. With? Yeah, eight at the eight. moment. So, um, God, it feels more than that. Well, I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's ten or twelve. Then by today, I, yeah. I thought it was eight. Jacksonville, Cleveland. Cleveland has no offense. They got no offense. They got a very good defense. Jacksonville. I. I it's three. It's three. It's a field goal. You could see it. You could see Isn't this that, being a field goal game. Who you got? And that it almost feels like they just said, ah, threw up their hands and yeah. home field it. Yeah. You know? uh, well, Cleveland needs this win. Yes. Uh, if they want to hang around and stay in the playoff race. I, I, and it, it, sure, it sure looks to me like Jackson, whether he's ready or not, whether, whether he could play or not, this isn't do or die. I wouldn't play him this week. So I'm going to assume he doesn't play. Give me the Browns. You're going to take Joe Flacco 
who, by the way, looked like a great story for three quarters in the last game. He really did. But then he you threw know, that bad pick late. So okay. as Michael as Michael said the other day, you know, he looked elite. Yeah. Well, for he a while. Elite. I'm putting quarters. words in his mouth. <laughs> Seattle is at the 49ers. There should be no question in anybody's mind that today the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. Might not be in two weeks, but today they're the best team in the NFL. Seattle's this is a division game. Seattle's getting ten and a half. Seattle has lost, I believe, three in a row, and they are sinking. But ten and a half in a division game is a lot of points. Um, you know, the 49ers, there could be sort of a letdown here because they went across the country to beat the Eagles and kill the Eagles. I don't know. This, this is one of those games where everybody who bets this game has thinks that they're psychiatrists and can figure this out. Will you take yeah, the 10 and a half or will you take the 49ers? Well, just to prove that I am crazy, I'm going to contradict exactly what I said two games ago, which is never take an underdog. You don't think they can win the game. Right, right. Um, I don't know if Seattle can win this game, but Ten and a half is too much. Divisional game. Third, uh, they played three weeks ago. Um, I believe, right? Thanksgiving night. Yeah. And uh, that's one of those things where, when it's that frequent, the losing team usually usually is able is able to bow up as well. And for what you just said, this is the, the Niners are due for a a, a small letdown. I agree. And Seattle plays them physical, so. Um, give me the, that the hook is a good one too. I mean, Ten that half, half point yeah. hook is that that's a that's a valuable half point uh, in a game like this. So, so you'll Seattle. take Seattle, mm-hmm. Buffalo, which is sort of kind of in a tailspin. I think they're six and six at the moment. Buffalo goes to Kansas City. Had Kansas City not lost the other night, I might like Buffalo in this one, but uh, Kansas City. At eight and four is in a position where they probably need this game. Buffalo certainly needs this game. This should be a really good game to watch. If you like Buffalo on the road, you get two and a half. Yeah, I think I'm. I mean, everything you just said about them losing. I mean, they can't. They can't. Uh, they have Kansas City needs to to keep the keep the one seed in in yeah. uh, in sight here. They lose here, they risk uh, not having any shot at it at all. Um. I, I have to tell you, I, Kansas City looked like an offense that just was sort of mailing it in. On, they, they kept thinking, it, it, they acted as if, well, we can score whenever we want and we'll worry about it then. And then all of a sudden, they were scrambling, right? They, it just didn't seem like they took that game as seriously. As they I agree. Uh, give me the chase. That, was in, that Green Bay game was a non-conference road game. You're not, mm-hmm. You know, if you're Kansas they City, that way. they did, they yeah. did. They they absolutely yeah. did and still could have won the and, game. And trust me, I want to believe that the Packers. You know, I want to believe a lot of things about loving the Packers. But but there was a there was you watch that game and you're like, we didn't get the Chiefs' best effort. I agree with I'm that. I'm sorry. Denver is at the Chargers. The Chargers are going to fire their coach at the end of the year because they don't score any points, <laughs> um, and they've got Justin with Herbert. Justin Herbert. They, you yeah, know, this Justin is Herbert. they're wasting this kid at the moment. Denver did lose in a game that I thought that they would win, but Denver is so much better than they were at the beginning of the year. This is a division game as well. Denver, if you like them, you get three against a Chargers team that is, it, it's impossible to believe in them. And I, I would say no, that I, even if they go win 45 nothing, it's impossible to believe I, in them. I, I completely agree. It's almost like you, you just don't want to even, you don't want to put your hard-earned money in that dude, in that is it Staley? Yeah, is that his name. Brandon right? Staley. Yeah, in, yeah, in, in in his hand. I gave my wife a heart attack. My wife's a Florida State alum. I gave my wife a heart attack when I said, you know, if I were Mike Norvell, it's pretty clear that the SEC is velvet roped. ESPN and the SEC have velvet yeah. roped college football. And if you're Norvell, that I think there's no doubt he's probably the best game coach in the top ten. You look at their. Game coach, that I mean, to do what he did with multiple quarterbacks. And I told her, I said, if you put Norvell with Herbert, that transforms that offense. Yeah, I agree. If I were an NFL team right now, I'd go all over because it's pretty clear. All ACC, if you're, you know, the ACC is a second going to be treated like second class citizens by the powers of being hundred percent. I think all those folks are poachable right now. If you like those coaches or players, so you'll take Denver. 
I'm taking Denver. Okay. I'm not giving Staley my money. All right. One more, uh, one more game. Philadelphia coming out of a loss that was predicted by Las Vegas by making San Francisco a road favorite by two and a half points last week. They go to Dallas. This is one of those games. Dallas has not beaten a good team all year. Now, this is at Dallas, and when Dallas has won, they have won very impressively, but the teams, this is a small little stat that I'm sure you know, Chuck, the teams that Dallas has played against this year have a combined winning percentage of 397. Okay, so they're not beating anybody good yet. This game, Philadelphia is getting three and a half. It would be hard for me not to take Philadelphia here, but I'll ask you what you're going to do. I don't know what to make of of this. I feel like the Cowboys, I feel like this is like the biggest game of McCarthy's coaching career in, a, in, a, in, in Dallas. In Dallas, uh, not in Obviously, Green yeah, Bay. obviously right. he won a Super Bowl, not yeah. in Green Bay. But it, it's sort of, you know, there's, he's, look, he took over play calling and whatever anybody thought of him versus Kellen Moore, who's laughing right now? We just talked about the, the Los Angeles Chargers and how well that offense is going. So Kellen Moore's doing a heck of a job there. Yeah. So McCarthy has like, you know, this is, this feels, this feels like for him, you know, the game that he can prove himself, right? That he's, that, that, that they do belong uh, on that next level up. So I just think that they want this more. They care about this more. And the Eagles, they looked like the team we thought they would be after you've gone through that juggernaut of yep. a schedule that yep. they've been going through. They just look worn out. They need a bye week badly. And and so I, I just this just feels like a you know, when you play San Francisco, you're in an ice bath all week. Um so that's the other part of this. So, so you'll take Dallas. Dallas. Okay. I'm gonna take Dallas. I get that half point. By the way, Vegas is begging you to take the Eagles. Yes, three and a half. They're begging you to do it, which means no one's doing it. Okay. That's my point, right? right. That means people aren't doing it. They're begging you to do it. I ran into a guy the other day who saw you speak at a sports business news conference or something like that. He said you were great, and he said the thing he liked most was your plan for college football to start relegating teams. He said you were great. Uh, Well, at this point, let's let's get rid of conferences. Just make it we're going to have two leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten. And then put, you know, essentially have SEC two, right? That's where Vanderbilt will end up and yeah. all that stuff. And you work your way up. Hey, if you you play your way in the top division, great. You get to compete for the major bowl, major playoffs this year. But you know, you're you, you're below. So you you in theory are opening up competition for any school in the country. But realistically you have done what the SEC wants to do, which is create the velvet rope. That's right. Right. So good plays good all the time. Um, and you use the, the second-tier teams to, you know, as, as, your, as your mind. And every once in a while, you're going to get a rising coach, a rising quarterback, a rising scheme, whatever plays themselves in. And that'll be – that could replace, you know, that part of college sports that we all kind of gravitate to, right, the shock team, the surprise team, the – the town you never saw coming, the school you never saw coming, that sort of mindset. Because I think if you did that, there's also more money on the table. There's a ton more money if you actually, if you actually just did it this way. It's, it's probably where this is headed, but right now all the conference commissioners, they're, they're too, they're too, too individually greedy. They're too worried about their territory and their turf rather than thinking, Hey, you know what? The entire industry could 10 X if we work together. So you were great. So I bring that praise no. to you. All right. Good no, luck. Talk that. to you next week. All right, brother. See ya. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be enough. But we do so much more because we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, I do. Sometimes he throws a boo, He's had too much Johnny Walker Blue. So he had a two-in-one week. He's 16-22-1. There's enough time to climb to Mount 500. He's getting there. Jeff Ma's getting there quicker, but Reginald's... <laughs> right. Never count out the road. monkey. Right. Never count out the monkey. So I went down to the National Zoo, and uh, Reginald was busy packing. Apparently, he's getting ready to go on an outward bound with George Santos, just to sort of clear their heads, because yeah. apparently Reginald is his sponsor at Liars Anonymous, so yeah. they have this bond. But some really, really interesting people are going to be on that trip with them. 
uh, Shelley Long, and Dick Van Dyke. No, that's so good. Yeah. So that should be a fun time for everybody. Reginald really trends old. <laughs> he you does know, a little I've bit. Noticed that. Well, he's an yes. old soul. He's, yes. Right. You know, I think that's what people say about Reginald. So the first match we gave him was uh, Indy giving one at Cincinnati, and Reginald uh, pulled out a very lovely photograph of him riding in the pace car at the Indy 500 with Larry Joe Bird at the wheel. Tells me he's got ties. Hate to, from French Lick. Exactly. To Indy, he will give the one at the Bengals. The next match we gave him was the Jaguars uh, getting three at Cleveland. And this was actually in a newspaper. Um, a, a photo of him breaking ground on a new state-of-the-art Waffle House in downtown Jacksonville. There's nothing nothing like a Waffle House. But Smothered and like covered. the new iteration of the state-of-the-art Waffle House. Right. Yes. Urban Meyer apparently was supposed to be there but was nowhere to be found yeah. but uh, Tony Baselli and Mark Brunel were there so you know lots of great Jaguars there uh, and the last match we gave him this was surprising I didn't think he'd touch this game San Francisco at home giving 10 and a half to Seattle uh, and this was a very old photograph speaking to what you were saying uh, Chris this is a picture of uh, Reginald walking around Fisherman's Wharf with Willie McCovey Lawrence Ferlinghetti and Grace Slick okay. so tells me he's got ties to the Bay Area he will take Lawrence Ferlinghetti wow yeah. that's fantastic Deep cut. City Lights right yeah, 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 yeah. For those who don't know who he is, he was he was a poet of great consequence, sort of a beat poet in the 1950s. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Him in Ginsburg, right? Yeah, it's a long time ago. I'm old enough to remember it, but Reginald must be older than I. <laughs> this week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald the Monkey have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more, and we will have Booger McFarland when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the great standard Blue Skies. Irving Berlin, right? I assume Irving Berlin wrote every song in the 1920s and 30s. (laughs) He's the only one. Yes. And once again, this is Donnie Most. That Donnie Most. Ralph Mouth. This is Ralph Mouth. He's still got it. Singing Blue Skies. Doing Sinatra for us. Michael, if people like Donnie most want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to t- uh, jingles at com, and we have a new promo code. Uh, get ready for the holidays with TK Frost. TK Frost? Yep. Like in Frost Delay at Columbia? Yeah, or your frosty demeanor. Yeah. I'm not frosty. <laughs> Scott Frost. I'm sort of sweet. All right. This plays in Booger McFarland. My friend Booger McFarland, whose acumen I respect whose golfing tastes I respect, whose contributions to anything I'm on I totally respect. And you were upset, Booger's in the car, you were upset when Florida State did not make the Final Four. Can you explain why? Well, because it kind of goes against everything we've been taught about the sport. Uh, Is it the best team or the team with the best resume? I think they're kind of one and the same because how do you determine best? Normally, you have to watch them play. You have to see what they do. You have to see who they beat. Um, and they went against that. Uh, Thirteen people sat in a boardroom in Grapevine, Texas, eating eggs and bacon and little biscuits. And they said, you know what? Based on Florida State's quarterback situation, we don't think they can win. And that's wrong because the game of football has never been played in a comfortable setting in a boardroom. It's played on grass between white lines on a 100-yard field that's 53 and a third wide. And so I really got upset that these fo- these people who I wouldn't consider football people really connected, but, they're, but they're not really football people they decided Florida State couldn't win and that ultimately was my issue Tony because that's not how the game is played so I I understand that now that this happens in basketball at the NCAA tournament all the time if a star gets hurt 
your seed is, is usually downgraded. We have seen this happen. It's really different in football. I'm going to ask you this. Do you think that any part of this decision had to do with TCU being just rolled up last year in the final and them saying, we can't afford this. We cannot have another final like that. Let's not put a team in there that we're not sure of. Do you think that had any play in it? I would agree if this was picking the final. Let's not forget, TCU beat Michigan last year, right? That's right. Okay, so like TCU earned the spot in the final by beating Michigan. So if Florida State would have beaten uh, Michigan, it wouldn't have mattered what happened in the final. They earned a spot in there. Right. And so I do think, though, just to kind of take your point down the road I think you were going, I do think the entertainment value yeah. and, the, then, and the TV value played a role. And that committee's job is to get the four best teams. And what ultimately is the four best teams going to do? They're going to give us, hopefully, the two best games uh, in the semifinals and then the best championship games. So I do think, as they're thinking, hey, can Florida State compete, i.e., can Florida State give me something to watch on January the 1st when I have my black-eyed peas and cornbread and greens in front of me watching yeah. a football game? Yeah. So let me ask you the subjective question, because there's no way this can be an objective question. As someone who played college football in the SEC, which is the best conference in the country, there's no question about that. Most ACC teams, if they went into the SEC, they would lose five, six, seven games there a year. Do you think that Florida State can beat Texas and or Alabama? You know what, Tony? If I were a betting man, i.e. Vegas, I would probably bet against Florida State. But I would have bet against Washington Friday night also. And they won. Yes, yes. I would, I would have bet against SMU, against Tulane in the, in the American, but they won. So, yeah, I would probably bet against Florida State, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be right. No, and I appreciate that. And, and, you know, most years when we've had the four, I don't know that it goes back all that far, but most years when we've had the four, you struggle to get a fourth team in. Most years. This year, and, and I don't like the 12 at all, Booger. I don't. I like eight. Me either. But this year, you could have had a legitimate eight because I could say to you, Florida State, Georgia, Oregon, and Ohio State, head-to-head, could beat the four that are in the tournament. It's very possible, right? I think that's very possible, especially, listen, I talked to a buddy of mine who is uh, connected to DraftKings, and guess what he told me, Tony? Georgia, who's not in the playoff, would be favored over every team that's in the playoff right now. Yeah, so that, that leads me to this question, because my friend Curry Kirkpatrick left me a note about this, saying that he believes Georgia's the best team in the country. You've watched a lot of college football. Based on everything you've watched, who do you think is the best team in the country? The Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. If you gave me some of that Tony Kornheiser PTI money that's probably so old <laughs> it's got dust on it, <laughs> I, I, I would bet yeah. a lot of it on Georgia in, in a tournament. Me too. Now, that sounds crazy considering we just saw them lose, lose excuse me, to Alabama. But more times than not, Georgia has proven, I mean, they won 29 in a row. They've been the most talented team yeah. and the best run product over the last two and a half years. Now, Alabama beat them, and you got to give them credit. And that's ultimately my point, is that regardless of what we think we know, regardless of what the people in the boardroom in Grapevine, Texas, think they know, that's not how the game is played. If we want to turn the sport of college football into a beauty pageant, then let's just look at the recruiting rankings and see who's got the most five stars and award them the championship every year. Okay? I don't think that's what we want, especially in college football. Because every game matters, Tony. And that's why when Alabama lost to Texas, it matters. Yes. It no, matters. No, it, it does. Uh, lose by double digits at home. That's why when I saw Texas at three on the reveal, I immediately thought, okay, it's Texas and Alabama. I mean, I thought Florida State was out at that point. Did you? Yeah, I got concerned because Texas at three – gave them the opportunity to put Bama at four because yeah, yeah. they honored the head-to-head by Texas beating Bama. They could always say that. And then uh, Florida State not being three as an undefeated conference champion, that really told me they were out. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too. And I also believe, and I'm sure you agree with this, that had Georgia won, Florida State would be in because you'd have four unbeatens and everybody would be juiced up for that. You know, I, I, I would think, but based on their logic, Tony, guess what? 
they don't think that Florida State could compete. So I don't know if mm. I don't know if there's anything Florida State could have done outside of looking more offensively potent against yeah. Louisville. Yeah. I mean, they won. Third string I mean, they beat Louisville by 10. I guess they yeah. needed to beat Louisville by 25 or 30, I guess. Yeah, they had to go look like Texas looked when they went out there against Oklahoma State and just pound them into dust. You have a choice for the Heisman, by the way? Do you have anybody you, you think should win? Well, I, first of all, do I have anybody that, that do, I, do I think is going to win? Absolutely. Uh, the guy that should win and the guy that I think is going to win better be the same guy LSU or you're going to see another pissed-off booger come Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. And that's the guy from LSU and Jay Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's his the numbers. I mean, I would I would say that Marvin Harrison is probably the best player, and I would say that Bo Nix has fabulous statistics. But Bo Nix lost both those games to Washington, and I don't think Penix and Penix won those games. I don't think his stats are all that good. And Jaden Daniels, as a runner and a passer, seems to be fabulous. Right? That's your school. Jaden Daniels has just as many passing yards as Penix and Nix. He had 700 more rushing yards. Like he's over a thousand yards in rushing. Yeah, he's got 50 touchdowns. And I'll I'll end the Jaden Daniels campaign by saying this: There have been four players from the great SEC conference that you talk about that have accounted for 50 touchdowns in a season. Jaden Daniels is the fourth. The previous three all won the Heisman. Tony. Yeah, I think he'll. I do think he's going to win. Let me shift gears to go to the pros for a second and all these quarterback injuries. Your job as a football player at times was to get to the quarterback. Are defensive players treated fairly in their pursuit of getting to the quarterback, and should we just chalk up these injuries to it's just one of those years we haven't seen anything like this, quite like this before? Well, uh, are defensive players treated fairly? No, because the rules are yeah. there to protect the quarterback. And I get it, because when the quarterbacks go down, the product, quote-unquote, isn't as sexy to watch. Uh, you know, we have to sack a guy, and at some point on the way down to the ground, we have to levitate in air so we don't land on him. I'm not sure how we're supposed to do that, but that's what they've told us to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to chalk this up just to being part of the game. The game yeah. of football is a, is a bone-on-bone game. Everybody's going to get hurt, Tony. It's not if, it's when. Everybody. Rodgers has been hurt. Brady, Manning, Rivers, Breeze. Like, you name me a quarterback, and I'll name you an injury. Patrick yeah. Mahomes dislocated a kneecap. Like, every quarterback gets hurt. It's just, I think now they're all happening right now, and so maybe we're paying a little more attention to it. But everybody gets hurt. No, I, yeah, I, I think it's just an odd year where, where so many starting quarterbacks get, get hurt. I, I think so. The other thing that I think about with this year is Houston. Do you know the last three years, Booger, Houston was 313-1, 4-13-4-12. They bring in a new coach. They bring in a new quarterback who I, I assume they're going to be unanimous choices for Coach of the Year and Rookie of the Year. And they're, we're watching them get good immediately before our eyes. It's, it seems remarkable to me. How about to you? It's unbelievable. It is, think about where they were a few years ago with the Deshaun Watson yeah. scandal. Mess. Nobody wants that job. Cal McNair is the worst owner in the history of life. And now all of a sudden, you bring in the right head coach, you draft the right player, and now, in one year, they've equaled the number of wins they had the last two years. Two years. And the future is bright. Yeah. Their last three top picks, Derek Stingley Jr., Will Anderson, and C.J. Stroud, all look like all pro-level players one day. Yeah. And so it, it just goes to show you that leadership in sports matters. Leadership in life matters. And I think when it's all said and done, Houston got it right. And, and D'Amico Ryan should be coach of the year. Yeah. And he's a former player. And hopefully more former players who want to be coaches get an opportunity to uh, pursue pursue head coaching jobs. Yeah, that, that's it's just it's a terrific story. All right, will we see you tomorrow on PTI? Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Good. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks, Book. Anytime. Y'all have a good one. Booger McFarland is just a complete delight. We will take a break and we will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's Mail Back, Country Mail Stacks in. 
that's Green the Bay commitment I needed for the underpants read. Yeah. Right there. Come Green on, Bay guys. High School in South Carolina. Nice Colorado. guy, Brados, Alyssa. Absolutely lovely. Didn't have my tuning fork. Nigel, you want to do the Flat. Bethesda Bagel ad? Weird. <laughs> Something weird happened with Bethesda Bagels. Well, we got more uh, sandwiches today. Sandwiches are a Monday thing. They're yes. not a Wednesday. It thing. threw you off a bit. I think they felt bad they gave us the wrong type of sandwiches the Maybe other they day. knew I was coming. I'm happy to take those sandwiches off. <laughs> You're going to get one. But we love bagel, uh, Bethesda Bagels. Almost said Bagel City. Bethesda Bagels. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you. Do you still know the phone we'll number? Thrilled. Oh, no, I don't. I'm sure. Give me a minute. I'm sure. 301-230-0980. Just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, well, I could have been an actor, but I wound up here. I just have to look good. I don't have to be clear. Come and whisper in my ear. Give us dirty laundry. That's Don Henley with his take on people who read the news for a living. Not, <laughs> not thrilled with him. Thanks to our guests, Chuck Todd and Booger McFarlane and Reginald. Thanks to today's sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple. Please leave us a review from Frederick, from Rick, rather, Rick Picorni in Wooddale, Illinois. Me and you and a dog named Boo. That's it. Game <laughs> over. Yeah, that's uh, on the list. Jeff Heiss, Chuck and Roxy, number six, Silver Spring, Maryland. The worst song ever is the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. Case if you closed. like Pina Colada. <laughs> it's, it's not good. From Bob in Kissimmee, Florida. Escape. If I may offer a candidate for the worst song, try Paul Anka's Having My Baby. As for toothpaste, try Vatamicum. Vatamicum? A favorite of the upper Midwest. V-A-D-E-M-E-C-U-M. Having My Baby is a bad song. I'm not it's familiar not with it. It's not the worst song. That Amico sounds like something song. you put on a rash. From Jason Zweibel <laughs> in, it's Lima, Ohio, right? It's not Lima. It's Lima, Peru, and Lima, Ohio, I think, yes. if I'm not wrong. Yes, that's correct. Catching up on the pod, I felt the need to chime in on the latest games. It must have been some 20 years ago, my brother and sister-in-law were hosting Christmas Eve dinner. She served this incredible beef tenderloin with red wine sauce. While estimates vary of how much my brother's yellow lab shiner ate, it had to be at least two pounds of the tenderloin. My sister-in-law was furious, but everyone else got a pretty good laugh out of it. My dad, who got to take shiner out in the morning, said only he left quite a pile. Might not be the right era to qualify, but the B-52's Love Shack, worst song ever. You I like that of, song. I sort of like Love it. Love Shack, baby. Yeah, Love yeah, Shack. I Love sort of Shack. like it. That thing was terrible. From Andrew in Cleveland. Following up on Robert's email from the Friday show, dachshunds are absolute menaces with food. Hmm. My 10-pound miniature dachshund has eaten an entire bag of peanut M&Ms, half a Pyrex of spinach artichoke dip, <laughs> an entire turkey sandwich, and countless peanut butter sandwiches for my two children. The best example of his savagery happened about 10 years ago when he was still a puppy. A friend was casually eating a rotisserie chicken at our kitchen table Casually. and was for reasons unknown sitting on half the chair when he turned away woody hopped up on the chair onto the table grabbed the chicken leaped off the table <laughs> with the chicken still in his mouth and ran down the hallway <laughs> needless to say the carnage was immense with rotisserie chicken parts and grease everywhere never ever turn your back on a dox again with the chicken food is hopefully around. saved out for the uh, oyster the sycophant <laughs> the hallmark movie wave has swept over the Washington Post. Yes, dear Toby, the paper, paper you nurtured has published a travel section article on the best five towns to live out your Hallmark movie fantasies. The list is Leavenworth, Washington, Jackson, Wyoming, Durango, Colorado, North Pole, Alaska, and Middleburg, Virginia. Since Middleburg is within easy driving distance, you can take Carol there on a romantic journey ending at the Christmas sleigh, a store packed with holiday goodies. I'll see you there. I'm the guy buying the Bah Humbug sign. Um... Helen, my fabulous trainer, her husband, Brian, his movie, his Hallmark Christmas movie, debuts on the Hallmark Channel on December 17th. Ooh. His movie. Ho, he ho, wrote home it. for the holidays? He wrote, I don't think it's that. Oh. You know. Uh, Josh Cohn in uh, Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. If you drive a Subaru backwards, what are you? You are a bus. Wow, that's Subaru backwards? You I are guess, a bus? Yeah, I guess that is. Hmm. Interesting. From Nathan... Acker, Ackerheim in Charlotte, North Carolina. Michael's surprise that the Dunkin' Donuts in Rehoboth Beach had donuts over Thanksgiving was a relatable experience. In high school, my friend and I went through a drive-thru at the Dunkin' in our hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. <clears throat> Upon ordering a glazed donut, my friend was met with a pause then. We are so sorry, but we're out of donuts. <laughs> Is there anything else we can get you today? Out of donuts, we exclaimed. It's literally in your name. Out of disgust, we have both boycotted that Duncan ever since. Yes. Not in the name anymore. Yes. No, it's not. It's not Duncan. Duncan. It's just Duncan. It's just Duncan. Duncan runs on Duncan. It's not I Donuts got the big anymore. one. By the <laughs> way, I think the name of that movie is called Navigating Christmas. I don't think it is. Oh, the, oh that's what it's, oh. <laughs> I don't think it is. Well, that's, that's what it says. Helen said. 
Okay. That's not what Helen said. You couldn't right. be more Mike wrong. Choma in Sarver, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so the new game is famous people from Boardman, Ohio. You mentioned Bernie Kozar on Friday's podcast. My wife, a native of Boardman, provided the following. Dave Dravecki, Eddie DeBartolo Jr., and our one-time neighbor and classmate, Vince Doria, from ESPN. Wow. Wow. P.S. She enjoys your taste in music and threw in Boardman's best. Maureen McGovern. There must be a morning after. Oh, wow. wow. By the way, I got it wrong. I was looking the wrong month. Is Thank it, you. Is it Friends and Family Christmas? Is that it? Might be, but okay. it's December 17th. Okay. Tom Mule, Bowie, Maryland. I just wanted to remind you that starting in the middle of the week, the sunsets will be getting later each day. I don't want you to be surprised like you have been in the past. Every six months around either the winter or summer solstice, you mention on the show about how you don't understand how the sunrises or sunsets could be getting earlier or later before the 21st. While the shortest day of the year is on December 21st, the earliest sunset in the Northern Hemisphere around the Washington, D.C. latitude happens about two weeks before, around December 7th. Is that today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. The sunset will be 4.45 p.m. By December 10th, the sunset will be at 4.46 and continue to increase. Sunrises are just the opposite. The latest sunrise will be about two weeks after December 21st, around January 5th. I will email again in about six months. Hmm. From Eric Robertson in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. I've been to Dartmouth. U.S. health insurer Signer is in talks with merge to merge with Peer Humana. A source familiar with the matter said on Wednesday a deal could exceed $60 billion in value and an emphasis here by Mr. Robertson would be certain to attract fierce antitrust scrutiny. Good. <laughs> yes. Good. From Coy Nichols. Um, hey, T-Boy. Denison what? Not sure if this is one in a million, but here we go. I'm driving on East Ivanhoe Street in La Jolla, uh, village on December 2nd. <clears throat> Listening to you reading an email from your November 22nd show about a fencing team from Denison. Never heard of Denison in my 54 years. When I look to my right, I spot a portly young fellow with a beard walking a small dog with a couple of friends caught my eye. Damned if that guy wasn't wearing a t-shirt with Denison written across the front. <laughs> what? I don't know what the odds are of this occurrence, but Carville would definitely put a triple play on the over. <laughs> if you're in La Jolla, yes. That is, yeah, we're everywhere. That. Bill Gentry. Um, the official director of learning and development for this show. Upon hearing Kornheiser wept, Hoda wept book endorsement email you read on the pod, someone reached out to connect me with LinkedIn. Turns out he works in Winston-Salem as well, and we were both psychology majors and overlapped for a year at Emory University. We're planning on getting coffee. Shortly thereafter, a person emailed me who actually works at Wake Forest. Turns out we work in the same building, two littles in the same building. He said I was a second David Aldridge moment. His first was Peter Jennings. No, not that Peter Jennings. And from what he told me, Peter Jennings likely lives on or near my jogging route that I take after work whenever I listen to the podcast. So if Peter Jennings sees someone jogging, and here's the Tony Kornheiser show coming from his phone, it's likely me. And please tell my two new connections, Andy, Andrew Coleman and Tom Benza, to eat it. So that was really good. Oh, I was excited. I excitedly told the person to whom I'm related by marriage that my email was read by Tony Kornheiser. She said, who is Tony? I said, Tony Kornheiser. She PTI said, who guy. is that? I said, it's a PTI guy on ESPN. She said, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, one more. And this is from Nathan Sellers in Minneapolis. I'm a 40-year-old millennial little who's listened to the pod since the Washington Post radio days. I've never had a good enough to reason to write until now. Ever since he got married in the fall of 2020, the younger brother of the woman to whom I'm related by marriage has been telling me he's got a great hookup for Johnny O. Close. Yeah, yeah, I tell him, sloughing him off. I got my own hookup. I'm not a dope. I can use the code, and the code is? TK Frost. Fast forward to last weekend. My brother-in-law's kids are getting baptized in a small Catholic church in Winnetka, Illinois. Isn't Winnetka, Illinois, where Woodward's from? Isn't Bob from Winnetka, Illinois? I think Illinois? so. Yes. There are about 20 to 25 of us there, mostly from his wife's side, as they live in the Chicago suburbs. I hadn't met many of them due to missing large portions of the wedding on childcare duty. Near the end of the service, and as we're getting ready to leave, I bump into a well-dressed man. He sticks out his hand. John O'Donnelly says, pleasure to meet you. Yep. Wow. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's a, a better connection. In real life. <laughs> it turns out he's an uncle of my brother-in-law's wife. I chatted with him briefly at the post-service reception. He could not have been nicer, although we appeared to spend most of the reception making what I imagine were multi-million dollar deals on his cell phone. Because the O'Donnell family matriarch was present and appearances apparently matter, I couldn't risk my invite to future O'Donnell family events by dropping a hearty lachiserie or giving John a TK salute. Isn't that nice? He that's is great. everywhere. Yeah, that's Professionally really nice. handsome. He's a great looking man. Great yeah. looking. And he's a great golfer. God. He's great out of the sand. P.S. I can't thank you enough for all the years of entertainment. Your show has been part of my commute and daily routine for over 25 years. Bootsy and my eldest daughter, Sloan, were born at almost the same time, so it's been fun for me to listen to Michael's parenthood journey and to hear about your life as a grandfather. 
Very, very lovely. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Who is Tony? Tony Kornhaus. <laughs> Who is that? It's a PTI guy on ESPN. Okay. okay. <laughs> New York is getting me high. Girls by the store club have been catching my eye. Thank you. 
Sky 